Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. I remember my sister was telling me about this woman that did a lot of ministry stuff and she would read the scriptures to people or try to encourage them and everything. And she had a bicycle accident, um, piece of stick um, as she was traveling pretty fast, caught in the spokes and it flipped her and it broke her neck. And she's laying there on the road and a car's coming down pretty quick and she's not sure if they see her. And she says, God, please don't take me. I'm not ready to go to you yet. It doesn't matter what we're doing. It's about our relationship with God. And we never know. It could be just a snap of a finger that our life can be taken. And we have to walk every day to where we know that we're in right relationship with God. And I just thought I needed to share that this morning. So there's a, a guy at IHOP who's kind of an evangelist, Hal Linhart. And he, he said, uh, humans are, are kind of like batteries. If, if we're going to function properly, we need to be plugged in to the negative reality and the positive reality. And... You know, we spend more than 90% of our <laughs> time focusing on, on the positive reality of God. But we, we need to keep that negative reality uh, in mind. And I, I just thought, you know, that, that understanding of why people end up in the lake of fire. I mean, that, that just so fits with the justice of God. Uh, here, I mean, God has, has given the most valuable thing he could possibly give, his son. And, you know, we, we just have to communicate the value of that to people. And, and under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, people are, are going to come into the kingdom when, when they hear the gospel. So, <laughs> I don't think I'll speak any more about that today, but you know, there's, there is a reality. Uh, in Revelation 14 and Revelation 20, about the lake of fire. And about the white throne judgment that, that is coming. And, you know, as the people of God, we, 
we don't need to fear that, but but yet we need to fear God. We need to fear the reality of, of this righteous judge who, who loves us. And and just consider the value of having that spirit of adoption, that spirit of sonship, by which we can cry, Abba, Father. <clears throat> so, there, there is a river. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> I want to look a little bit at the river today. As we, as we consider the reality of our primary occupation, our primary responsibility being protecting and cultivating that place of encounter with the living God, uh, that will take us somewhere. Um, I don't think I saw any buddy here at the Aglow conference this weekend. I know we got a couple people who are there right now. But uh, the lady who was the, the main speaker there, um, you know, I, I could just see that that's the reality that she lives in. Is And I, I didn't hear the first message, but... Uh, Tony and Gwinnett were there, and uh, Tony had had to come and and tell me <laughs> this this was the right lady. You you should have heard her first message. It was all about living for encounter with <laughs> with the living God. So that I mean, this is this is what the Lord is is speaking right now, and it's He has purpose in it. Because uh, he he has a river, and that river is intended to flow through us. <laughs> that that's the intent of the river, and <clears throat> you know we sometimes we talk about the river of worship in heaven. Uh, Bob Sorge has a really good short little book about the river of worship that uh, I, I recommend. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I read the whole thing while I was standing in in the checkout line at one thing the first time we went. Because <laughs> I had to stand in line probably for a couple hours. Really didn't know if I should still buy it, but I did. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, if if we're gonna look at the river, we got to start in Ezekiel forty-seven, right? Because <laughs> I, I believe this is the first mention of this river in the Bible. I mean, there's a lot of other natural rivers that are mentioned. But 
this is not a natural river that Ezekiel is, is talking about. And as, as we look at this, I, I want you to consider some things about the river. There's a source of the river. And there's, there's a flow to this river. And there's, there's access to the river. There's, there's a way to the river. And there's, there's healing. And there's transforming life from the river. So just keep those things in, in your mind as, as we look at some of these passages. So Jesus, I, I thank you that you are the source of our life. Lord, we value your sacrifice. We, we appreciate that you came to earth when there was no way for us to get to you. You came to us. And then, even then, you withheld nothing. You, you gave it all. And I, I pray that you would Minister your life to us today. That you would give us vision. For, for your glory. Amen. You know, I, I just I have to share something with you that uh, I feel like the Lord spoke to me during worship this morning before we get to the river. Um, <clears throat> I I want to thank all of you who are here, uh, who who have stuck with us because. You you wouldn't and you couldn't be here if you couldn't see in the eyes of the Spirit. If if you could only see in the natural, you wouldn't be here anymore. Uh, there's <laughs> there's a seeing with natural eyes and an understanding with natural thinking, and there is seeing with spiritual eyes and there is understanding things according to the kingdom and so I just want to encourage you I, I want to bless your kingdom vision and your kingdom understanding of things and ask the Lord for more thank you Lord so back to Ezekiel 
2010 is the first time you started talking about this. <laughs> I've got it written in my Bible. <laughs> then he brought me back to the door of the temple. And behold, water was issuing from below the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was flowing down from below the south end of the threshold of the temple, south of the altar. Then he brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gate that faces toward the east. And behold, the water was trickling out on the south side, going on eastward with the measuring line in his hand. The man measured a thousand cubits and then led me through the water and it was ankle deep. Again he measured a thousand and led me through the water and it was knee deep. This is a wide river. <laughs> Again he measured a thousand and led me through the water and it was waist deep. Again he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass through, for the water had risen. It was deep enough to swim in, a river that could not be passed through. And he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. As I went back, I saw on the bank of the river very many trees, on the one side and on the other. And he said to me, This water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into Arabah and enters the sea. When the water flows into the sea, the water will become fresh. And wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarms will live, and there will be very many fish. For this water goes there, that the waters of the sea may become fresh. Now that's astounding. That is a river. <laughs> so everything will live where the river goes. Fishermen will stand beside the sea from Engedi to Englain. It will be a place for the spreading of nets. Its fish will be of very many kinds, like the fish of the great sea but its swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They are to be left for salt. And on the banks, on both sides of the river, there will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail, but they will bear fresh fruit every month because the water for them flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. Mm. So maybe we should call that the river of God. <laughs> I think that would be a good name. <laughs> a river that when it flows into the sea makes the sea fresh instead of the other way around. 
It's, that's like a kingdom river. <laughs> because in the kingdom, things work opposite of the way you would normally think that they would work. So, <clears throat> and that, that fits with where else we're going to go in the Word to look at the river. And the next place to go would be John chapter 4. And this is the familiar passage where Jesus blows away some stereotypes and worldly ideas of right and wrong. This is where he encounters the Samaritan woman alone by the well. And, and we're going to jump into his encounter with, with this woman. And I, I'm, I'm probably going to add a little more that isn't on the slide here. So we'll, we'll start in verse 7. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman, and not just a woman, but a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with. See, she's not listening very well, is she? <laughs> Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty forever. The water that I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And now she's, she's starting to get something, but she's still not really getting it. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water anymore. <laughs> so Jesus is speaking about something other than natural water in Jacob's well, right? <laughs> and the woman is still stuck <laughs> with the water in Jacob's well because she comes out at noon every day because it's hot and nobody else in town is out there and she doesn't have to relate to anybody because she's 
looked down upon by everyone in, in the community because of, of her history, because of her lifestyle. And, and Jesus uh, the, the amazing God-man that, that he is just throws away all of the stereotypes and reveals more truth to this woman than anyone else, any other single person outside of his disciples that we see in the New Testament. It's... it's it's absurd. It's 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 prodigal. <laughs> uh, it's excessive. <laughs> uh, but because she she finally gets it later on. But I'm I'm focusing just on on the water and what Jesus is saying here for us. Jesus is is offering to this woman, living water. And the living water is the river of God. It, it is the kingdom river. It is the source of life. And there's, there's a key thing here uh, that I, I want us to remember as, as we go on. Back in verse 10, when, when Jesus answered her, and he said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now we know who Jesus is. But have we asked for the living water. Are we asking for the living water? Because he says he'll give it to us if, if we just ask. Okay, let's let's keep going because we we got a few more things to look at here. Turn a couple more pages over to John seven. And we'll start in verse 37. On the last day of the feast, the great day, and this is the Feast of Tabernacles, So it's, it's the end of the Feast of Tabernacles that, that speaks to the final end-time harvest. That's, that's what the whole Feast of Tabernacles points to, is, is the great end-time harvest. That's why all the other feasts have been fulfilled in the church, Passover, Pentecost, but we're waiting for the fulfillment of the Feast of Tabernacles. And it will be fulfilled in the church. 
but we have a, a key. Jesus is giving us a key to its fulfillment right here in, in John chapter 7. So on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet, the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So again, Jesus is saying, come to me and ask. And if you, if you do that, you will have rivers. And, and that's something that I, I, I still need, need some understanding of. Because I don't know why he says rivers. I mean, a river, like the one in Ezekiel 37 or 47, would, would be enough, right? <laughs> it seems to me. <laughs> But, but he says rivers. <laughs> we, we actually will have rivers of living water. And, and about the only thing I can come up with about why it's rivers instead of a river is that we're, we're going to be so busy bringing in the end time harvest that one river wouldn't be enough. We're going to need rivers <laughs> flowing out of us because there's so many people who are going to want to drink. That's, that's the only thing I can think of. So anyway, we, we have an understanding here. There's, there's explanation, and when the Bible explains itself, uh, then we have correct understanding. And John, the beloved, says, now this he said about the Spirit. So he's talking about a flow of the Spirit of God. That's, that's what the river rivers mean. So maybe it's Maybe the rivers are the different gifts and fruits of the Spirit flowing out of us. Maybe that's why it's rivers. But anyway, that's, we know that's what it is. So we can think about the source of the river and and we we now know the answer to the question what is the river it's the spirit of god so it's it's the river of god because it's the spirit of god and we knew originally that that it wasn't a natural river 
but it's it's a spiritual river. It's it's a flow. And so a flow when when we're part of a flow there's incoming and there's outgoing. And when when it's flow it's continual. So there's continual incoming, there's continual outflowing. And that's how this river is supposed to work. And so that takes us to Ephesians chapter 5, where we are encouraged and and the the Greek is is actually a little stronger than encouragement. It's it's actual more like actually more like an imperative. It's more like a command because it's it's a present continuous imperative verb in in this verse about being filled with the holy spirit and it's 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 for us a command to to essentially since it's present imperative continuous it's it's like you must be being filled with the holy spirit when we finally get to the verse so let's Let's start in uh, verse 15 of Ephesians 5. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And that's what I've been talking about. That could easily and correctly be translated, you must be being filled continually with the Spirit. And if the rivers of living water are are to flow through us <laughs> there there has to be a continual supply and a continual outflow and that's that's the intent so so do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery but be filled with the spirit addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so, looking at that verse in 
in its context, there's, there's a community aspect of, of being filled with the Holy Spirit. That, that we can actually help one another be filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I believe that's what Paul is, is saying. That as we seek to be filled individually from Jesus, from heaven, through our own encounters, but then as we address or speak to, some translations say speaking to one another in psalms, scripture, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart, Thanksgiving is another aspect. Verse 20, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus. And finally, submitting to one another. Uh, preferring one another. Allowing one another to, to share, to serve, to... Um, Let that flow come out <laughs> to each other. So the, so the flow isn't just to the people out there. There's a flow here to, to each other. And that's, that's important for us to understand. So if we're to continually have that flow going... We're, we're helping each other along with it by allowing the Spirit to, to fill others <laughs> through what He's giving us. Okay. So one more passage about the river. Revelation 22. And we'll start in, in the beginning of the chapter. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. So, this passage, 
Um, <clears throat> Revelation 22 is, is even after the millennium. This is after the new Jerusalem has come down and, and we have a new heaven and a new earth. So that river of life in Revelation 22 may very well be a, a physical river flowing from the throne of God. And the, the similarities between the one in Revelation 22 and the one in Ezekiel 47 are striking. <laughs> uh, there's the trees along this river yield their fruit every month. So there, apparently there's no winter. <laughs> there's <laughs> deciduous trees bear fruit. Okay, and they lose their leaves and they, they quit doing anything productive in winter. So, yeah, and so we know the one in Ezekiel is, is a spiritual river. The one in Revelation 22 could, could be either one or both. But what I want us to consider is... Um, there, there will be a need for <clears throat> the Ezekiel 47 river even before the millennium. And I believe there's access to it because that's what Jesus was saying in John 4 and John 7. There, there will be a need for a spiritual and a physical river in the millennium. Because the whole earth has to be made ready for the new Jerusalem and the Father to come down, for Jesus to present everything in perfect condition to, to the Father. As we know, that's at the end of the millennium, after the, the last little battle, that's, that's what's going to happen. But for us right now, there's availability of this river. There's, there's asking and there's receiving. And, and so what, what I want us to see is there's, there's a flow of the Spirit that Jesus wants us to get into. That even last week, uh, as a number of us shared about how we cultivate and protect the, the place of encounter with the living God, uh, What the Lord really desires for us is that that be continual. That, that our communion with him be unbroken. And 
that's what a, a, a true life of protecting, cultivating, nurturing encounter with God looks like. It's practicing the presence of God like Brother Lawrence, who found out he could remain in the presence of the Lord uh, even while he did dishes, even while he did his other duties uh, in in the monastery where, where he lived. But we don't have to live in a monastery. But there there are a lot of little foxes that try to cut off <laughs> that communion, that flow, and that that's what they're called in Song of Solomon. Uh, and and we have to ask the Lord what what those little foxes are in our own life. And you know I'm 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 making progress on on one. It's it's getting irritated with other drivers. I really am making progress on this. <laughs> Maybe I'm making more progress by my when I'm driving by myself than when I'm with you. Or are you seeing any progress yourself in me? <laughs> you can plead the fifth. <laughs> and and I'm making progress because. The Lord identified it to me as a a little fox because it would steal my peace. And when we're out of peace, we're out of communion because God only communes with peace because He's peace. <laughs> and and so, you know, I I encourage each of us to find out what what those little foxes are in in our own garden that that are, are messing up the the growth of the spiritual fruit so that we can get more into the flow. But but the other part of that flow is is seeking to be filled continually. And I, I read one time about uh, D.L. Moody, who was one of these guys who lived from the place of encounter. And, and he was asked why he needed to continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he's, he's actually the guy who, uh, <clears throat> I've used this before, but I found out he's the source of the quote. He said, I leak. And that's that's why I need to continually be filled. And according to what we've been studying today, that's not a problem. We're supposed to leak. It's the only way we can have a flow. If <laughs> if what's coming in isn't coming out, then you know there's a very limited amount that can come in. Uh, it becomes like the Dead Sea. And, and that's not God's intent. His intent is that his life and his spirit flows into us and then it flows out of us. 
because it is life-giving. And, and it is the way that other people who don't know God have, have access to the resources of heaven. They have access to salvation. They have access to healing. They have access to words of knowledge, words of wisdom, because of us, because we have the Spirit within us. So uh, <clears throat> let us seek <laughs> to, <laughs> yes, to be filled and to leak. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I just want to pray for us. Uh, Jesus, I thank you for your invitation to come to you and to ask for the living water. And, and I even thank you for Paul's command to us to, to be being filled with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that there's a community aspect to that. And I thank you that every one of your commands contains a promise to that being fulfilled in our lives, a way to do it. So, Holy Spirit, I ask you to show each of us how we can be being filled with you continually. I ask you to reveal to us those things that upset our communion with you, that, that we could deal with them, that you could deliver us from them, and, and we could walk more and more in communion with you. And I pray you'd increase our sensitivity to when you want that living water to flow into somebody else. And, and that we would be obedient to speak, to pray, to, to do what you put on our hearts to do. Because Lord, we, we want to see your kingdom come in this city. And, and we, we agree with Jesus' prayer for that. So let your kingdom come in Cheyenne. Let your will be done in Cheyenne. In each of us, in our families, in our households, <coughs> and in this house. For the glory of Jesus. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so go forth and leak. <laughs>